Hello, everyone. Welcome to Beyond Sunday at Bethlehem, a podcast created to go beyond the Sunday service experience at Bethlehem Church, exploring some of the deeper questions of our faith, offering additional content from behind the scenes from the cutting room floor. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Angela Buckland, and as always, I am beyond excited to host today's episode. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sunday. Today, we have a really special treat for you. We are having a conversation on leadership with Clay Scroggins and our lead pastor, Jason Britt. Clay recently spoke at our church. He has been here before. He has spoken to our staff, and he is a leadership development expert. Uh, As you know, here at Bethlehem Church, part of our staff uh, culture is leadership development. And so it's a really special treat when we can get Clay in here and hear from him. Uh, He's the author of books such as How to Lead in a World of Distraction, How to Lead When You're Not in Charge, and his latest book, The Aspiring Leader's Guide to the Future, which we read as a staff together. He's also co-host of the How to Lead podcast with Adam Tarno. It's a weekly podcast designed to help you unleash influence wherever you are. We hope you listen to this podcast and enjoy it. It is a really special treat. Thanks for listening in. And here is Pastor Jason and Clay Scroggins. All right, we are in the podcast studio today with Pastor Jason and Clay Scroggins talking about leadership. Thanks right. for having us, yeah. Angela. Welcome, Is that guys. what you call this place, the podcast, the podcast studio? Yes, a.k.a. the discipleship <laughs> office. Um, someone said it, it looks like the adult student ministry office, it which that's, uh, that fits. That nice. It <laughs> tracks. Okay, so talking about leadership, it's uh, what, how how would you guys define leadership? What is your definition of leadership? There's lots of lots of ways to define it. How would you? I'm gonna let our guest begin. Okay. He's written books. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that leadership is the ability to move people to do what they don't want to do to accomplish what it is they want to accomplish. Hmm. That's uh, good. Never have I experienced it more than being a parent. <laughs> Because as a parent, you're constantly trying to get these little humans to do things they do not want to do. Amen. To accomplish the things you know they are going, they might not want to accomplish it now, but they're eventually going to want want to accomplish it. And and for the record, you have five kids? We do have five kids. That's right. That's right. Congratulations. Uh, But our our spiritual life is a lot like that too, though, right? I mean, all, all of us are constantly trying to figure out how we can make ourselves do the things we know we need to do. Mm-hmm. I, I was talking to a guy just this morning. Uh, I asked him, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. How you been? He said, you know, I'm doing really, really well. And then he started explaining how he's, his disciplines are really good right now. Mm. And we both were commenting about how remarkable it is that when you're, when you're doing the things that you know you need to do, your life just feels better. It does. Good so yeah. it is... It, I, I like that idea that it's doing the things you might not want to do to accomplish the things you yeah. want to accomplish. That's leadership. For sure. Yeah. I think the uh, word we talked about at all staff was the difference between a society that craves attention and actual influence. Mm-hmm. And so uh, <clears throat> that would be, I mean, John Maxwell said leadership is influence. So yep. it's obviously not original. What I always think what Clay just said is helping people movement. Yeah, like leadership good, yeah. is involved with movement. Right, uh, it can be movement personally for someone, organizationally, departmentally. You know, 
parenting. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I think when you think influence, like even more practical, like there's some form of helping people go from where they were here to there. Yeah. The old Growth. here's where we are. There's where we're going. Uh, that's that's the tangible piece. That's good. So, Clay, you said this in uh, your book, uh, The Aspiring Leader's Guide to the Future, um, that leadership has changed and it is changing. Mm -hmm. So talk about that. How has it changed? Well, the the most uh, the place where I see it having changed the most is in the the style of leadership that once was call it command and control. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about that book, Trust and Inspire, today. That Steve we're, Covey. Yeah, yeah that mm -hmm. we're both son. actually reading. Yeah. yeah, his son. Steve Covey Jr. Mm -hmm. huh. he, they talk about that a lot in the beginning of the book, that this way of, you know, it used to be um, to get people to do what you want them to do, you would power up, you would flex on them, yeah. as the kids say these days. <laughs> that way of leadership is, um, I don't know that it ever really worked, but people just aren't doing it. It was more accepted. That. It was more accepted. That's yeah. well said. Yeah. And there's still pockets where it is. Um, our, our son's was at football practice last night. I was talking to another dad who his kids only played baseball. I said, what have you noticed? What's the difference? He goes, there's a lot more barking out here from the coaches. <laughs> I mean, everything's like, uh -oh. go, move now, yeah. hurry. Yeah. Right? And so that, you know, out there, it is more of a command and control style. I think yeah. about coaches, I think about military. There yep. are times where, uh, you know, we don't have time to talk this through. We don't have time to work law on this together. Yeah. That's right. Law yeah. enforcement. Right. Sure. Yeah. My daughter's living that right now. She just completed basic training at USAFA at oh, the wow. Air Force Academy. And uh, that was her life. Just command and control. Yes. Being barked at, yelled at, yeah. screamed at from sunup to sundown. So. But I've spoken with a lot of military um, personnel who would say, that that's actually, even in the military, it's not the norm. The mm -hmm. norm is still, if you want people, if you want to have influence, if you want to move people, you've got to have influence with them. Yeah. And if you want to have influence with them, you got to have a relationship with them. Yes. They've yeah. got to feel heard. They've got to feel believed in. Yeah. They've got to feel like you, you want their best. And those are the, that's the kind of leader that I think is the leader of the future. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's always been that way, but it's certainly more pronounced now than it ever was. Yeah. I agree. And I think so much, and tell me if I'm wrong, Clay, because we've ran in the same circles, we ran in different circles, but you and I are Gen X. Yeah. And so, and, and Angela, <laughs> Angela, uh, Gen X. And so we grew up in a world where like position gave influence. Yeah, there you mm -hmm. go. Mm -hmm. uh, that position or it was just given. I think even in the last 10 years, 15 years, um, how would I say it? Success or position is questioned more than respected. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah. It's, and so I think there's like this, are you really who you are? Yeah. Or you just get this some right. way. Right. right. You know, we're more the, skeptical of the position. Maybe. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm yeah. saying. And so yeah. we're used to let's let, let's learn from success. We have a way of let's dissect it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let's learn from somebody. And now it's, is this person real? Mm -hmm. yeah. Is this person genuine? Mm -hmm. And so I think a little bit of that has to go with kind of what you're saying. There has to be, if we make the assumption that position gives us authority or gives us influence or the assumption, the title leader gives mm -hmm. you influence, you get trouble in your hands. Yeah. Cause yep. it really gives you more of a, is this person legit <laughs> right. as far as real right. genuine? Right. Yeah. 
I think there's uh, too, I'm kind of jumping around a little bit, but there's more of a conversation now on vulnerability and leading with weakness. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that that plays a part into that as well. Like talk about that. Talk about how vulnerability, leading with vulnerability and weakness is more of a virtue than it ever has been before. Yeah. You, you know, that phrase, never let them see you sweat, you know, yeah. never let them see that you have weakness that, that used to be the mantra of leadership. And now it's, um, I think people are craving leaders that are willing to say, I don't have it all together. Yeah. So the place where I feel most vulnerable is when I'm in a position of leadership but I don't have all the answers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and being willing to admit that yeah I think is a um it's the way of the future being yeah. willing to say you know what I don't know yeah and let's figure this out together mm -hmm. um even as a parent I mean that's all of my examples right now feel like toward parenting because that's all my prayers feel like, yeah. dear God, please rescue these children from what they're from, growing up yeah. in. Right? From me. Exactly. But even with parenting, I feel like that's been a really, um, yeah. that's been a challenging thing for me, but I've had plenty of opportunities to be able to admit to our kids, hey, I'm going to be honest with yeah. you. I don't know that this is the right thing to do. Right. My parents didn't have to navigate technology like we're having to navigate it. But this is what we're going to do. And I'd be open to hear what you think about it. Yeah. And I want to know what yeah. are your thoughts? Because I don't know. Yeah. But this is what we're going to do. And inviting them to speak into it. Because I mean, we, we raise our, our kids the same way. Just at, like inviting them to participate in that conversation and lead up, you know, and influence us. So that's well said. Yeah. I think the, uh, you know, vulnerability, you think through the lens of, uh, weakness and just the sense of you don't have all the answers, but somebody told me one best piece of advice and clay, you've spoken on many stages in front of large groups and small groups. And, but the idea that not everybody can connect with success, but everybody can connect with pain. That's Ooh, really true. not everybody can connect. So when you, so in, in communicating, when you just, you know, I learned it here and sharing my story of anxiety. If you're on staff mm -hmm. over the years, I come back to it. We're like early on, there was so much success that was happening at the church, but internally people don't connect with the church growing. People connect with the pastor struggling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was like this connect of going and, and I, and I had to learn it along the way. Obviously there's an unhealthy way mm -hmm. to be vulnerable, mm -hmm. which is more yeah. of a, Hey, I need your affirmation for my dysfunction. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Or there's the vulnerability of man. Sometimes I deal with fear. Yeah. Hey, sometimes I, I I wrestle with, and in this in this, you know, the because initiative we're a part of. There's a whole lot of questions. I have more questions than answers. Mm -hmm. I have a lot, I have a lot of excitement. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. you're just going like you said. I'm I'm not. I'm telling you, here's the direction we're going, not yeah. how we're going to get there. And just there's a lot of freedom because uh, there's a connection point. Yeah. People connect with mm -hmm. struggle. People connect with pain. Not everybody connects with success. Yeah. Not everybody connects with winning. Right. And we've all a... felt lost. We had all felt we've all lost games, not all of us won championships. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and there's a difference That's too well between said. being honest and real and vulnerable. But also being positive at the same time. That's right. And that's, you know, like that and you you do a really good job of that, Jason, when you know you're teaching. You're just also projecting the positivity, like, you know, God's gonna be there. He's gonna take us into the future. We're gonna be just fine. Mm -hmm. But also being honest about, you know, it, the struggle is real. <laughs> the struggle is you know? real. Yeah, I think good. about too the 
we, we've got to pay attention to what are this, what is the outcome of the vulnerability? Yeah. If the outcome is I want people to feel sorry for me, I want to have some drama to talk about. <laughs> I want you to, um, yeah. you know, I want you to pity me or whatever yeah. it may be versus I want to show you the areas of my life where I'm really having to trust God. That's right. I want to show you the areas of my life where I'm really having to depend on him. If that's the outcome of the vulnerability, then I think that's a healthy, mm-hmm. that's a healthier way of vulnerability. And every, you know, everybody listening, if you're leading a student group, if you're leading an adult group, if you're leading a group of kids, if you're leading something at work, uh, being willing to say, hey, I'm going to let you in on the areas where I, I'm having to trust God. I'm not proud of it. Yeah. Um, I wish it were different, but I'm really having to trust him in this area because mm-hmm. Um, because I, I've recognized I can't do anything other than that. Yeah. I think people, people really connect with that. And yeah, then as we've all sure. seen vulnerability, it ultimately it's the vulnerability is the answer for creating a more innovative team. Yeah. It's the answer for creating deeper relationships. Yes. It's the answer for creating trust on the team. It really does. Uh, it breeds so much good when you're willing to exercise it. For sure. So, Clay, I said this before we started recording, but I appreciate your thoughts on leadership because you write for and speak to it's it's leadership. You create resources for the for the regular guy or or girl. So uh, not just the CEOs, which, you know, a lot of resources, a lot of uh, leadership content is kind of targeted to the CEOs. So what inspired that? Talk a little bit about like who or what inspired you to do that. Well, I, I bumped into the same idea that plenty of people bumped into. Jason, you were referring to it earlier that it, leadership is all about influence. Mm-hmm. I just, I found myself, have you ever, this is a maybe a uh, terrible illustration, but you ever had one of those days where you're like, <laughs> do, do I smell? Is something smelling? Is it me? Is it right? me? <laughs> I had a, I had a moment like that in my own career where I was, <laughs> I knew something was funky. Something was off. And mm-hmm. I realized it was, it was me. Yeah. It wasn't that I had an odor. It was that I was <laughs> believing a lie. Yeah. I was believing a lie that said, that's good. If I'm going to really be a leader, I've got to get into a position. I've got to mm-hmm. get promoted. And honestly, it was the success of promotion that allowed me to really feel the failure of leadership because yeah. I thought, oh, now that I'm promoted into this bigger position, I'm going to really be able to do what I want to do or what I think should happen. Everybody's got leadership baked into the DNA, the fiber of your being. I think it's all from Genesis 1, Mm. the creation mandate where God tells us, go be fruitful and then create order in the world. Go build something, make something, move something forward. All of us have that in us. That's encouraging. And if we think that we need a position to go and do that, we're just waiting. We're, we're, we're twiddling our thumbs. We're wasting time. We're yeah. missing an opportunity uh, because the reality is, is that if leadership really is about influence, then my hope would be that God would dr- drop us into any position at any level in any organization at any point in time. Yeah. And we could move things forward. We could bring ideas to fruition and create projects and make things better and bring order to the world because that is what is in our DNA. So I started bumping into that idea mm-hmm. And uh, the more I started exposing the lie in my own life and my own beliefs, the more I started to realize, ooh, uh, this is not just for me. This is for all of us. And, then, and it's an empowering message for yeah. all of us that uh, God wants to do something in your life and through your life right where you are. You don't have to wait to become the CEO. Yeah. So yeah. That's, where, uh, that's where it happened for me. I love that. And I, that is so, it's encouraging to me. I think it's encouraging for people who are listening to the podcast. We we come across that a lot in church. We see leadership 
in people and we call it out and we, we point it out. And a lot of times they may not feel it. And they say, well, I don't feel like a leader. I don't, but, but, you know, I, I like, I love what you're saying there just cause it's so anybody can lead. Uh, it is, it is built into our DNA. Well, you, you both have had the experience where it's always blows my mind. This church would not be at all what it is if it were not for the volunteers that mm, serve here. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Amen. then what's bizarre is on a Sunday when they walk by you and go, thank you so much for letting me serve here. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. baffling. Yeah. yeah. But I think the reason, I think, and I've done the same thing. I mean, we, our family got to serve at this camp this summer that it was the greatest oh. thing for our whole family. And I told the founders of the camp, I cannot thank you enough for letting us come and serve at this camp. But what was happening inside of us was we were getting to exercise this thing that God made us for, to yeah. be able to be a leader, to yeah. be able to use the influence that we had, to be able to move someone forward, make somebody better, bring flourishment to the yeah. world, bring good to the world. Yeah. And I think yeah. when someone lets you do, gives the opportunity to do that, you thank them for for that, even yes. though yeah. the reality yeah. is all the gratitude should go toward the volunteers right. and not right. the other way around. No yeah. doubt. No and doubt. 100%. Sure. So what would you say is the greatest challenge that you've seen facing young developing leaders today? Both of you guys. Man. It's kind of changing gears a little bit, but. Yeah, no, it's good. You know, I think. <clears throat> Again, one of the, what I said just a minute ago, the big difference, understanding between gaining attention and gaining followers mm -hmm. and being followable. Yeah, oh, that's good. You know, uh, kind yep. of what we talked about staff a couple of days ago. Like yep. there's, there's just this uh, attention crave society. And so uh, understanding the difference between a platform and influence. That's good. Understanding, you know, the difference between God develop. So I think, I think there is so much desire for the imminent influence the mm -hmm. imminent impact microphone the microphone the stage, stage mm -hmm. uh you know the ceo position fast mm -hmm. yeah you know yep. uh and i get it you know but i think what happens and clay and i've done this long enough you see a lot of guys super talented probably need some more developing go out and plant the church and it doesn't go not mm -hmm. because they weren't not talented be, it, it, yeah. talented yeah. not because it was just there was some more development that yeah. needed to happen in them yeah. You know, there's just more to it than talent and passion. Yeah. And I think we like, ah, and there's just some things along the way that when you serve, I think learning under before you lead over is yep. hard That's for 20, word. 20 somethings. Yeah. Learning under before you lead over. Yep. And what you find, Clay, you and I, when you begin to lead over, you actually desire to find somebody to learn under. Yep. Isn't right. that funny? <laughs> like, why didn't I pay more attention? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I crave. I'm like, no. Right. So I told we, we were spending time earlier today. I'm like, no, no. I got I got my own coach right now. Yeah. The speaking into my life yes. that I'm actually mm -hmm. asking for. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so you're like, well, you're the pastor. You know, we're like, no, 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 no. I got to keep learning. So mm -hmm. I think the That's 20s, good. that idea of attention and influence and, and being developed. You know, yep. I don't, I mean, that's just a, in a world that's like platform now, yep. Influencers. influence now, yeah. attention now. The it's, we it, all want the Justin Bieber path, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't know. What do you say? Same? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would say a version of that. I would say 
there is i worry about the distractions that are in this world mm-hmm. there are, there are just more distractions than ever before yeah, yeah that's good and what distractions do is they keep us from growing they keep us from paying attention to what's going on inside of ourselves because we'd rather just no. turn numb turn yeah. the noise up yeah. right not have to feel it so because true. we don't like to and we all know the best leaders are the most emotionally healthy leaders mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. emotional health begins with paying attention to stuff that's inside of us but you used to have to, I think there was more of a um, uh, a demand for you to pay attention to your stuff because there just wasn't the amount of distractions before. Now there's all the things you listed, including social media and, uh, you know, shopping, substance abuse, alcohol, whatever it may be, and also uh, just technology in general that mm-hmm. has become such a great opportunity for us to distract ourselves from the things we really need to pay attention to and so yes our society is more medicated than ever before our society is more stressed has more anxiety has more depression and those things are real Mm -hmm. but there was a day where the answer was well let's face up to those and let's invite God into those yeah and I'm, I'm a big fan of I think medicating at times is really helpful and really needed Mm -hmm. but there's also a time to go what how would god want me to deal with this stress how would god want me to deal with this loneliness or this inadequacy yeah as opposed to just numbing myself distracting myself from it goes back to the spiritual disciplines that you talked about earlier you know that that's That's exactly right yeah that's that's what those disciplines are (laughs) meant to do right that's what fasting does and sabbath does and meditation and prayer and staring at God's word and letting it speak into us. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. And it's yeah. harder and it takes, you know, not, not as easy to do as the, as, as numbing ourselves with yeah, the distraction, it is harder. but the fruit and the growth that comes as a result is, yeah. is you can't, you can't compare it. There's no comparison. It's yeah. good. So, so what we, what you guys talk about is really is servant leadership and how that is so different. It's not, we don't see that modeled in, in the world. You know, that's, it's just not, it's not, we don't have examples of that. So Jason, you said in all staff that we endure the complexities of ministry so that the people we are serving and leading can experience Jesus. So I, I loved that word and that leaders make it harder on themselves to make it easier for others. hundred percent. It's Philippians too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, who Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to grasp, but he emptied himself. That's right. So so the, the, our faith is the gospel is Jesus endured the cross yep. so we could experience a relationship with God. Yeah. That's a servant leader. He endured so we could experience. And yeah. so I think, you know, what I was trying to say to our staff, we're in a, we're in a busy, like multiple services, complex, turning over buildings, no office space. There's a lot of, we're not working smarter right now. We're working harder. Mm. And I was trying to say part of our role as a team to be a servant is to understand that we endure the complexities. We endure organizational, we endure meetings, we endure so that the people that we're serving can experience. Mm. Right. Right. That's a servant leader, you yeah. know what I mean? So as a parent, mm-hmm. uh, we endure some of the, some of the, my Nan and I have some conversation to make some decisions early on behind the scenes that make it hard on us to set our kids up. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we want to teach them now, like, like they serve, you're going yeah. to endure some, ser- you serve, you take your kids to the camp, they serve, our kids serve here on Sundays. You're going to do some serving for others. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah. we have, so I, I think, it is just understanding that 
in, in, in so much of servant leadership is about like practically not just doing a good deed, which is good, but like putting yourself in the posture of I'm willing for the hard, I'm willing for the uncomfort, I'm willing for the out of my schedule for the good of somebody else. Yeah. And for no personal gain. of Yeah. There's no gain in it. It's just like, you know, I, uh, I think about a, you go to a restaurant where, um, I don't know if you and your spouse or your significant other ever split the meal, you know, you're like, Oh, we're going to get this. We're going to split it. We talk about it, but then we never do it. (laughs) We always want our own food. (laughs) We, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm down with the split. I used to hate it, but the more longer I've been married, I know my wife loves the split. You go some places and they'll in the kitchen. I know it's more complicated for them, but they will literally get two plates and they will split out the entree on two different plates and charge you for it. Oftentimes they will charge you for it. But when they bring it to you, it's always a little delightful surprise to go, Oh, you took on the complexity of splitting this so that I could enjoy the experience of eating this. (laughs) Thank you. And I love the way you just put that. That mm-hmm. is what ministry is. Yeah. It's, and and everybody, it's what God calls all of us to in whatever area we're in. I'm going to take on the complexity so that you can enjoy the the, the love of Christ, so that you can mm-hmm. enjoy the, the goodness of God. Yeah. That really is, uh, well, that's a great explanation of servant leadership. The way, so even, you know, I would get your feedback on this, uh, Clay, as a communicator. Enduring the development of a message so other people can experience oh, yeah. what God has for them. That's like, right. like it doesn't just happen. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's right. the, the hard part of the job is, <laughs> yeah. and again, it's a joy. The joy is to preach God's word. The right. joy is to see right. life change. Uh, the joy is to stand on stage and get to proclaim. The work is the enduring the complexities yeah. of a passage or yeah. the complexity yeah. of how this yeah. fits in somebody's life yeah. and making it applicable. Yeah. But that why we do it again and again yeah. and again is so other so I've learned that like even there's a form of servant leadership in spotlight leadership. Yeah. So when you're a communicator, yeah. you have the spotlight. It's like no, no, no. You're not being a servant. Well, no. Th- there's a part you don't yes. see. There's a burden that yeah. you are. Yes. Right. Correct. What yeah. would you say? Yeah. The burden is I'm going to work as hard as I can work to make this as simple as possible, so your brain doesn't have to do the work to understand it. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah. you know a lot of times people see that as a criticism when somebody comes up after a sermon and was like. Wow, that was so simple. Uh-huh. Like I've never heard it that way before, yeah. but that was so simple. And they're not uh, critiquing you; they're just saying my brain didn't have to That's do right. the work to understand it. Yes, well, because you put in the work earlier to digest yeah. it, understand it, take the complicated, distill it, and make it simple so that somebody can understand it. Yeah. That really is an art form, uh, and it's a way to serve the yeah. listeners. Yeah, and absolutely. There, there are so many people that we hear we're. we're constantly pointing people to scripture as the uh, as the discipleship team read your bibles but there are people that genuinely struggle with understanding a passage yeah, right, sure, you know so sure. so making it applicable making it understandable and and uh you know um just kind of breaking it down is it's a labor of love yeah uh, but one that we but it is a way to serve yeah for yeah. sure Serving through sermons, yeah. making it simple. Dot com. Yeah. I used to have dot com. We used to have this professor in seminary, Howard Hendricks, that would say he had this like. You had him? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Man, that's legendary. Yeah, he yeah. Is legendary. I know. I've read his stuff, but I never had him. Hmm. He was uh, had this like thick Philadelphia accent, and he was he would always say, "Remember, students, Jesus said, feed my sheep, not my giraffes,' <laughs> which he's trying to say, hey." 
keep it on the lower shelf, right? Okay. I mean, make okay. sure people can access it. I like it. Yeah. I don't like put it up. A lot of times we think more complicated is more profound or it's right. deeper. Right. But the reality is if people can digest it and understand it, that really is a way to love them. Yeah. Yeah. I think about, I want to make sure I'm communicating to the, uh, the you said the trucker. You know yeah. what I mean? I want, I want to do the, the guy who may not read books all the time. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? But I want yeah. to be sure I can talk to, uh, and I've learned that the women in the church so appreciate that because their husband goes, well, I can connect with him. Mm-hmm. You know, so they'll, mm-hmm. they may endure something. They're like, they may, they may, they may, you know, it, it's just been fascinating to go. There's just a work to, but you do it because the, sometimes the easy thing is a communicator to mail it in. Mm-hmm. And and say something you said, just repackage it, but actually go to the word and go, we're going to go after it again because the Holy Spirit's got something new. Uh, there, There's a part of that that is a uh, behind. So I think sometimes what I'm saying is you can endure things behind the scenes yeah. to serve somebody. And, yeah. and uh, 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 complexities in your family, complexities that people may never know, mm-hmm. but you're not going to push it back on them to figure it out. You're trying to figure it out because you're trying to serve them. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's, That's well good. said. It's very good. So, okay, so we talked about leadership as influence, as Maxwell says. Um, So leadership is about whether or not I am followable. So as leaders who lead, Jason, you talked about this earlier, that you are always, you look for people to coach you. Oh, yeah. So talk about that. When you know you need to grow in an area. And and Clay, you talked about that, and I remember reading that in in uh, in in your book about how you had that moment of self reflection, mm-hmm. like, oh, this is on me. Um, talk about that. Like, who do you look for? Who do you seek out? Who do you guys go to to grow? Yeah, so I go to Jason. Yeah, Clay will call me and text me and go, "Hey, man," and I'll go, "Listen, sit down. It's gonna take Listen, me a few that's minutes. Too complicated. Yeah. I can't handle that." <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know. I'll go for it. So I. Guys who have gone before me, who've done it longer, mm-hmm. who have who have finished well, mm-hmm. uh, and who are still connected in in my like, uh, you know, say this in our world. There's a lot of people who want to coach you who are not in it. Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about somebody who's in it. Mm. I need somebody by in it. They're like they're in the. They do what you do. They do yeah. what I do. They don't. They didn't do what I did ten years ago. They still do what I do. Mm. Just because the world's way different than it was ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. So for me, somebody who's done it longer mm-hmm. with integrity uh, and over a long period of time, and probably done it uh, maybe even at a scope bigger. Yeah. Or or yeah. have been has gone before me in multiple ways. Yeah. Raised a family, led a church for a long time, led it, and I just want to ask questions. Yeah. And so for me, I seek that out. Um, simply because, uh, like I, it, it frees me. I can bring questions to somebody who's done what I do. And it just is like, it's almost like a hack. It's like, they're, they're able to dissect it. What I'm dealing with, they're able to dissect it in three sentences. Mm-hmm. And, it, mm-hmm. and it's just called wisdom. Yeah. They just have a life wisdom and a ministry wisdom that, that I don't, yeah. you know? And, and so that's, that's why I've done it. It's been more of, I got to stay coachable and I've got to stay learning and I've got to ask the right questions, but mm-hmm. I want to do that in an active model, not a passive model. Mm-hmm. And I'll mean by that, I do read, yeah. but I want to have somebody then asking me some questions yeah, or good. being able to feed back and forth. So I seek it out. Yeah. I, uh, two years ago, for two years, I went without it. I was still with some pastor groups and I put it intentionally back into my life because I felt myself mm-hmm. drying up mm-hmm. in thoughts. I'm hmm. like, okay, for two years, 
we were doing because super busy. Yeah. And and I and I got to the end of last year and I thought, man, I missed that. Mm. Mm. Yeah. I miss that intentional. It's coming once a month. I'm in the conversation. I'm talking. I'm praying. I'm being challenged by mm-hmm. somebody else. That's good. That's really good. I would say a mistake that I made when I was younger is uh, I, the people that I thought should have or that I desired to have that kind of influence in my life were always the ones on the big stages with the mm-hmm. microphones. Mm-hmm. And I would... I think the older I've gotten and in this new season that I'm in where I'm doing a lot of work with men and women who are in the corporate world who love Jesus and are following Jesus and trying to make a big difference without a big spotlight. There's not, they don't have a podcast and they don't have a big stage and they don't have a microphone. I'm seeing so many faithful men and women who love Jesus that are doing some great things. I think it's made me realize, oh, I don't know that the only kind of mentor or coach or person that should have influence in our lives is the one with the big stage or yeah. the big Instagram following or the microphone That's so good. that we also ought to have some of those voices of the men and women who are not in the spotlight yeah. that maybe you we've never heard of mm-hmm. because those are some of the most faithful ones, yes. um, particularly in the realm of parenting and professional life and financial life. Yeah. Um, some of those areas of our life that are not always seen either. Mm-hmm. So that that's what's probably been a real refreshing. I love that. Uh, a, 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 ref, a refreshing learning for me in the last couple of years is yeah. having some of those behind the scenes that people don't always see. Yeah. Uh, learning from them. Yeah. So as a uh, here on the discipleship team, we we are in charge of groups, and so more than ever before, we've had people coming to us looking for mentors. They they're like, hey, will you mentor me? Or can you connect me with a mentor? That's good. Which is another form of, you know, coaching leadership. Yeah, 100%. And so we've kind of kind of woven that into the fabric of our groups. Now it's under right. the umbrella of groups where we have these care and mentor groups uh, for people that are looking for that. Because it is, uh, it is people are looking, they're hungry for, for being mentored, for being coached. So it's, it's, it's good. we try to provide those can resources. Can I give you one too. other fab that yeah. I've seen as yeah, well? Yeah, go it's, for it. The idea of having a reverse mentor, okay. the idea of having someone, I've needed this as a 43-year-old. Yeah. I quickly, uh, it's amazing how you go from being, feeling young to feeling old and like it just happens, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, let's I talk to, about that. Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Get out of here, old man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I used, so much. That's right. That Nate I think I'm yeah. the oldest, oldest person here, in the room, but right. we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> I used to get invited to do youth camps or yeah. speak at student events. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't anymore. Yeah. I mean, it just. We talked about that. Like, I did one this summer and I felt like a middle school kid going, hey, guys. What do you <laughs> think? I, like I felt like a middle school kid walking right. to the cafeteria for the yeah. first time. Am I wearing the right thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm cool. Yeah. Hey I've I've got this 30-year-old that I met him through cuz I needed some uh I needed somebody to help me with some website stuff and some LinkedIn con- helping me with some content stuff and mm-hmm. he's ended up we we've become really good friends and he would never say this but I see him as a mentor. Yeah. I, he's yeah. showing me things that I would have never seen. He's That's teaching so me things because he just thinks different. Yeah. I mean, he he thinks like a young person, right. and I, I think like a grandfather. So that's what I've discovered. That's you think so like a dial-up internet guy. That's yes. exactly right. Yeah. That's exactly right. I mean, some of my favorite people on staff are the are you know the the mid twenties, you know, because they're 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 fun to hang out with, and you're learning constantly yeah. from them. So I think that's a really great. I'm seeing it. Uh, I'm seeing it in different pockets. That yeah. idea of having somebody younger than you that is helping yeah. you, and I think the idea is. 
you're never too old to learn yeah. that there's always that we all we all should have this mindset of continual growth and, I love it uh, we can always learn we can always grow no matter how it's never too early to start it's never too late to start yes. we can always that's good that's um, encouraging we can always learn so okay so we're kind of talking it's going to segue into it we're we're talking about some maybe some leadership myths. Mm -hmm. So I like that the reverse mentor, I've never heard that before. That's, that's a new, a new concept for me. So I'm, I love it. Um, but let's talk about some of these other leadership myths. Um, in, in your book, the aspiring leaders guide, mm -hmm. you push back on this very, very famous idea about getting the right people on the bus, uh, made famous by Jim Collins in good to great. Um, and I, I'm so glad that you did that, but just because I, I remember reading it and just being like, really, is that, you know, are there ever really, truly a hundred percent, the right person, you know, that, that is always kind of, you know, not sat, sat well with me. So talk a little bit about that and maybe a few more myths about leadership that, that both of you guys have discovered. Well, that line is a great line. Get the right people. It's memorable. It's yeah. portable. It sticks with you. Uh, he wrote it 20 years ago. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a best-selling book, sold sure. millions of copies. Yeah. So who am it's I? It's a great book. <laughs> That's right. Who am I to disagree with it? But, but, but. let me disagree with it. <laughs> no. I just think it's Let's changed. I it. think there was a day where I would have thought right meant same. I think mm -hmm. that's been the big mm -hmm. um, aha in my own life yeah. is that I am so predisposed to think my way is the right way. Mm -hmm. My background is the right background. The yeah. way I see the world is the way everyone should see the world. That's good. And that's just not obviously the case. I yeah. mean, nothing teaches you that more than marriage. You get married to somebody. I mean, my first few years of marriage were more difficult than the last few years because I was trying to get my wife to realize my way is the right way. Yeah. Why are you doing it get that on way? Board. That's wrong. Get on board. <laughs> and instead, seeing her, seeing the way she sees the world as this massive gift mm. that now instead of going through life with just one set of eyes, now I get to go through life with two sets of eyes. I love that. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing, yeah. but it doesn't stop at marriage. I think the yeah. same thing is true in loads of areas of life where our temptation is to think the way I see it is the only way to see it. Mm. And of course there are some, obviously there are some only kinds of things. Sure. There are, there are truths in the world. So I'm clearly not denying that. Absolutely. But what I am saying is that life gets more spicy. Life gets more interesting. Uh, life gets bigger. Mm -hmm. Traveling is one of those things that helps that when we For see sure more of the world, we see the world more. Yeah. And I know that's kind of a dumb way to say it, but no, we, we do. You start to realize, oh, there are people all over the world that are living life in different, different kinds of ways. <laughs> they like different spices yeah. and eat different things. And uh, understanding that and seeing the way they view the world and understanding the what what they're experiencing is, is a very helpful way to live. Mm. And it doesn't mean that we have to agree with it. It yeah. doesn't mean that we have to go along with it. But we're not any better for not knowing it. We're only better when we do the work of getting in their eyes and going, let me see it. Let me experience it. And really, it's the way to build relationships. We, mm -hmm. we lived in a pocket of Atlanta yeah. a few years ago that was predominantly uh, Asian-American, mostly from India. Hmm. And learning how to be curious with our neighbors was yeah. a – it was not easy. Yeah. But it, it was the only way that we were able to build relationships Every Sunday, we started smelling curry because they would yeah. cook on Sundays, these big meals. And for a while, we were like, what in the world was going on? And after a while, we tried to move into curiosity and go, yeah. let me understand. Let me see. Let me smell. Let me understand. Well, we didn't have to smell. We could smell it. Um, <laughs> but that was the, it was really the route to relationship. It was yeah. the route to 
building a relationship with someone, which is the heart of the gospel that yes. Jesus did this. There's a, um, a little message translation of John 1 where uh, it says, um, moved into the neighborhood. Jesus moved into the neighborhood. Yes. So good. Man. What a great line. <laughs> what a great line. The, the word became flesh and uh -huh. moved into the neighborhood. Yeah. When I, whenever I say that, I get emotional about mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't have to do that, but he did. He yeah. moved into our neighborhood, not to show us that he was God, mm -hmm. but to help us understand that he knew that yeah. he understood that we could trust him because he's been a human He's been he's been through teenage years. He knows what it's like to be betrayed. He knows yeah. what it's like to experience loss. He moved into the neighborhood and and Love and and took on human skin so that we would be able to trust him more. Yeah, uh, that, that's that's the gospel. Because and and yeah, you talked about leadership as as building relationships, and you can't lead. I don't think you can truly lead people without loving them. Yeah, you know? I, agree. yeah I agree. So. Yeah, yeah, so the yeah. right people, it, it just cannot mean the same people. Right, the right. The right people got to be people that might disagree with you, see the world different than you, different skin color, that's different good. background, yeah. different good. whatever. The, that's got to, that's become, uh, that's helped me in leadership for sure. That's great. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if this is, you know, that was a more of a tangible line. This is more, I think I've learned, it's like uh, the myth of it, it gets easier with time and success. and success yeah and yeah. i think that's just a myth yeah and i th and i would think that i told mm -hmm. I, kind of my story was so many times of going if i can just get here then, then it'll get better yeah if we can just have this budget if we can just add a campus if i can just build this thing then it'll get e if i just had this staff mm -hmm. member then it'll get easier and every time i did and it didn't get easier yeah. And, and again, a new set of leadership's projects. not leadership is such a privilege. It's such an honor. God mm -hmm. wires you for it. So in no way are we martyrs. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but the idea that at 44, I can say, um, man, there are things I'm a hundred percent sure of. And there's a whole lot of things I thought I was sure of when I was 25. I'm not, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and that's not gospel or Bible. That's like more of like the practical. And, and, and I thought Joel and I, we had a conversation the other day and we talked about the difference between ah oh, shucks. We don't know what we're doing. You kind of know what you're doing, but there's a different, a lot of times we'll go, Oh, we don't know what we're doing. Yeah. And no, actually we're still learning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's some things you've learned along the way. Yeah. But I think that was probably one of the biggest myths is that by this point with multiple staff, it would get easier and, and it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And I, and, and so it's just been one of those things. It never gets easier. It always requires more of you. Yeah. And it's, so it's that's the deal. That's the humility piece. <laughs> yeah. And that, that was in my head. That yeah. was the myth. It will get easier when. Yeah. And and the Lord had to work it out. No, Jason, it's always going to require more of you. And you, so depending if you want it to get on, easier, this isn't for you. <laughs> if you're willing it to require more of you, then we can do something. Right, it's going right. to require more surrender. It's going to require more prayer. It's going to require uh, more humility. It's going to require more service. It's going to require more. Uh, it's not going to get easier. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's I think good. that was the that's myth for me. That's been. I don't know if you've that's seen good. It. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, let me just say too, I like that you brought up that all shucks thing because that's, I know Bethlehem people get it because y'all been around Jason for longer than I have, but you do have this all shucks way. And then the longer I've been around you, I'm like, you got a brain, you got some horsepower <laughs> in there. So I'm, uh, yeah. I'm glad you called that out because 
I, I, I have certainly seen that, but yeah. I know you all, well, you, you know, all know you, that. You, we run in certain things and the country, and I, I don't even think I have, but it's like, no, you got, you got your country twang to it. You and do. We have a mutual friend who <laughs> smokes me on it. Got yeah, Jeremy. He's got it. He's got a country or twang. It's twangier. <laughs> you know, Clay's lived in the city long enough. He dropped yeah. it. You know what I mean? And so, uh, but no, man, I mean, you, you, it's the it is a connection with people, but you do you sometimes you get we stereotype people. Sure, yeah. of quickly. course. Oh yeah, we stereotype yeah. people. It's like he's got a little twang, probably a little, yeah, you know. And you're, hopefully, <laughs> you got a little more in the hood than you sound like. <laughs> hopefully, well, so. I I didn't I dropped mine uh, because I grew up in West Alabama, thick accent. Whoa, and then God, I love it. I spoke at my high school graduation, and my wife we had just gotten married, and we're at my parents' house, and she found the VHS of it put it in the thing, VHS. played it, and couldn't stop laughing at how country I talk. <laughs> and ever since then, I was like, okay, babe, then I'll try to clean it up for you. <laughs> That's what made me drop mine more. Oh, it's so good, man. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, so do you guys have any any final thoughts on leadership? You can say it in a southern accent or, or nah. yeah, any any final thoughts? You're always an influence. You're always having that's good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it doesn't, that's what I said that don't, don't under, with most we underestimate. Yeah. You underestimate, uh, and, and don't do that, man. Everybody's got a level of influence and, and you're moving people one way or the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would good. just say great churches are built, not on the talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And, uh, mm -hmm. if you're listening to this podcast, it, you're probably somebody that's really bought into Bethlehem church yeah. and what you guys are doing is not normal. Mm -hmm. Um, I had heard about it before I ever got to experience it and you're changing, you're allowing God to change people's lives. And even if your role feels small or it doesn't feel that big of a deal, you're a part of something huge, huge that's making a huge difference. Yeah, no so awesome. I would just say, a good word. keep it up, word. keep Thank doing you. it because it matters. And yeah. people, not, people are noticing, but even more important than that. It's changing people's lives. That's right. And God is using you to do something remarkable. That I think I think everybody's going to look back on this season and go, I cannot believe I got to be a part of Bethlehem Church oh, yeah. during that season. Yeah. yeah. That's a great word for our our people, our listeners to hear because we've got we've got the best people. Jason, you say it every every week. The best best church, best people on the planet. Yeah, absolutely. So they do. They just yeah. rise the occasion. Awesome. Every time. Yep. And so thank you for listening. We love you guys. And Clay, thanks for being yeah, on Beyond Sunday. And My thank play. you, Pastor Clay's Jason. Clay's a gift. He's a blessing. And yes. we'll have him back uh, in years to come. Yeah, we always love hearing from you. So thank you yeah. for being here. Glad to do it. Well, we hope you enjoyed that conversation on leadership with Clay Scroggins and our pastor, Jason Britt. Always a treat when we can get these guys in the same room together. Uh, really, really hard to get some of their time. So it was such a treat to have them in here. Um, if you have any questions, any concerns, uh, any any ideas, we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing from our listeners. You can email us at beyondsunday at bethlehemchurch.us. And if you'd like more information about Clay Scroggins, you can go to his website, clayscroggins.com. Check out his books. Uh, if you're interested in having him come speak for your organization, all of that is on his website. Also in the show notes, you will find the sermon series, My Way, My Truth, My Life. Uh, Clay Scroggins spoke to our church uh, week three. So that is listed in the show notes as well. Again, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we love you guys. Thanks. We, we appreciate all of our listeners and we could not, uh, we would not do this without you. So thank you so much for listening. And as always, we will see you next time. Take care. God bless.